Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another weekly episode of the Unfiltered, Uncensored, and Unapologetically Black podcast show. Speak to the mic. I am your illustrious host, Marlon Joseph. And here on this show, ladies and gentlemen, you already know the drip. We like to do three things on the show. We like to provide and, uh, useful and helpful content to the Black community. Talk to Black men and women of all professions, industries, and organizations about the work that they're doing. And also give thanks and acknowledgments to those Black men and women who are using their positions of power, platforms, and professions in a more positive way to help move the culture forward in a more positive way. Uh, joining me today is a very intriguing and very intelligent Black woman who is an author, mother, wife, a relationship coach who specializes in blended family dynamics. And here to talk with me about a healthy dynamic within the Black family. Miss, Mrs., I'm sorry, Nicole <laughs> Autumn, uh, Odom Hartnett. Nicole, thank you so much for taking your time out of your visit A to B on the show with me to talk about this. Um, many topics on this show are mainly specifically aimed to our Black community, but also can be trickled down to other communities as well. The primary reason for this show is for us to get information out to us for people who look like us so we can have a better life in a more in a more positive way and even help trickle down those positive attributes to our gener future generations uh, thereafter. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you, you like, share, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Make sure you let me know in the comments and uh, uh, as well as uh, with subscribing on Spotify and all other uh, uh, podcast platforms. Be sure to not only subscribe to it, let me know what you think about previous episodes of this of this show as I you know, continuously move forward with growing my content and, and obviously reaching out to more and more people to interview. Your thoughts and your opinions matter more to me than you would like to think. Uh, again, Nicole, thank you so much for being on this show to talk about this. It's, it, this is a multifaceted uh, topic specifically when it comes to the healthy dynamic of the Black family. So for you, uh, I want to just jump right in there and ask, what are some of the ways that we collectively, when it, when it comes to the Black family, what ways can we identify some unhealthy ways of um, mixing and mingling with our, with our families in the Black family? Well, first and foremost, Marlon, thank you so much for the invitation. It's definitely a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, there are so many unhealthy things going on in the Black family, and there have been for probably centuries or decades. Um, of course, we, you know, have not always been the full family unit of, you know, two-parent homes. Um, it's typically, you know, one parent, either the mom, typically just the mom in the household, but sometimes we have those single dads that step up to the plate and are raising the kids nowadays. I haven't seen a lot of that. Um, so there's a, a lot of that going on. And, you know, when we had that back in, you know, my day, usually the community supported that family, Absolutely. but now we, we don't have that anymore. 
it's just that mom or that dad and that's it. It's just them alone. And if they have some other family members to help support, then they have the family members, no longer the community involved. So it makes things a lot more difficult. So there's not the next door neighbor telling on you <laughs> anymore. And when you come home, you get, you know, in trouble. Yep. So um, it's no longer the community raising the kids. Um, so things have definitely changed. And unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever go back to that because it's, it's so much other stuff yeah. going on out here in the world. When I say other stuff, this mental health is on the rise so you don't know who is around the corner trying to prey on your kids nowadays or if that next door neighbor is the one that's actually preying on your kids waiting to put them in the van so we have to be extra careful when we ask mr jimmy now can you keep an eye on my kids yep we can't do that anymore yeah you know that's so unfortunate too and it's funny you say that because the one thing that I, that always you know strikes strikes me in a way when it comes to the community is that I break down the word community as coming together in unity, right? So it, to your point, there used to be a point in time where it took a village to raise a child or right. children of that community, right? The, the, you expected and you saw that the adults were were the ones you know manning the helm, if you will, when it came to those community leaders. And it was less focused on what politicians were doing, but more so specifically what those parents were doing to in-house, the, the way that they were parenting their children and the way the children you know, next door were being parented too. It's like, listen, I know your mother, and don't be acting, acting the fool and things exactly. like that. So, exactly, exactly. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. I mean, the fact that doesn't exist anymore, it's so alarming that now it's, now you can't talk to my child because of X, Y, and Z. But, Right. You automatically assume your child is right just because they're your child. And it's right. that, that that unhealthiness trickles down to other children. It trickles down to influencing other kids in other in other houses in that community. And, and then it goes into the school. And then and it makes it harder for these for the teachers to teach your children. And now the schools are getting away with not teaching your children. And now they're passing your children, your children don't know shit. <laughs> That no child is behind. And, and, and all of this is starting because we don't have this community. <laughs> that it's all it's a whole trickle-down effect because we have lost community. Yeah. We we can't trust one another anymore. All of this is all of this has gone out the window because we are we are like a whole new this is the new world. Yeah. I don't know what kind of world this is. World. Yeah, yes. it is. But my, my question to that, in regards to that, though, what, what would you say from your perspective was the call? What's one of the causes, right? So we know everything that happens to us in multifaceted. There's no one solution to every problem. There's no one problem that just, you know, basically where we drop the ball at, right? So what was, to your, to your point or to from your perspective, what was the one thing that you can think of that may have caused, you know, that, that ripple effect when it came down to now it's not the village anymore. It's just this one parent or these two parents raising these children and that's it. Now it's I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this in house and we're gonna do how we do things here and why everybody else do things there. What what has happened over the years that has caused this? Ooh, I mean, there's a number of things. I don't know yeah. if I could just pop off just one thing. 
yeah. I, you know, I would probably start with no communication in the home. The the music has just gone completely wild. Um, we've got away from probably going to church, eating dinner together. Um, yeah. it, you know, it's it's a number of, of things that have just gone completely to the left. Yeah. And it, it's no no turning, no turning back. And the kids are allowed to see and be involved in too much. Now, you know, back in the day when your parents fought or had an argument with us, um, Betty, you shut the door and you say, stay out of grown folks' business. Yep. Now the kids sitting right there and they arguing on um, Betty too. <laughs> now, now, they, now they're within arm reach. Right. Having having adult conversations and their children, right? So, mm-hmm. I, and it's funny you say that too because our, one of my aunts, I love my auntie to death. She she made it clear whenever we, whenever my cousin and I came to the house, when adults was in the kitchen talking, arguing, laughing, whatever, you That's stay right. at a grown folks' business. If you right. within arm reach of her, you too close. That's <laughs> so, right. And you know a few times before then, I mean. I'm going to have with like family gatherings over my aunt's house. And then I would, I, I would be one of those ones who would tell the rest of my cousins, hey, man, hey, auntie said, don't, don't go in there, man. Just listen, let, let the grown folks be the grown folks. And we kids, we play up in here. Right. One of, them, one of them had to go find out the hard way, came back out crying. I was just like, listen. You got that right. Said, I, I told him, I told him not to go right. in there. But, it, but, mm-hmm. but, that, but that's the thing, though. That respect level was, was, was there. It was, it was it's, established it's a and understood, right? Yes. So... Yeah, and I would definitely say too, to the point, obviously knowing that this is a multifaceted situation, one of those, one of those things, one of those problems that's been problematic consistently is that level of respect that's given to the elders of the family, mm-hmm. given to the parents, given to older relatives too, who by far they they deserve that respect from, from the younger generation of family members, right? But you have situations where if a parent is disagreeing with another relative, then automatically by default, that child is involved in that too. When the, the, the two adults should be the ones handling that. That has nothing to do with the children. Children didn't have anything to do with the situation escalating to where it was or, or where it wasn't. And if that was the case, then it was handled a, a certain way. But even still, I mean, it has drastically changed for the worse and it's unfortunate, but and I, I'm always hopeful and optimistic that we can get back, not even necessarily get back to that, but get back to a place where we're resustaining and reestablishing ourselves when it comes to that respect level, having those very small, intricate things that still mean a lot. Like you said, having dinner at the dinner table, talking about what, what issues of the day have happened to them and being able to allow our children to have a voice too. Because a lot of times too, and this is no not to to my mother's generation and, and past generations, but a lot of times those older generations, parents would sit up and tell the kids, you know, they can't say anything. They have to just listen all the time. It's like, but that time doesn't, doesn't exist anymore. Now that particular piece is very important too, because our, our children have voices as well. And we have to be able to give them that, that avenue and that, that opportunity to voice their thoughts on things that's, that's pertaining to their lives. If we're not doing that, then we're doing a disservice to them as parents. 
That's true. There has to be a balance um, between the old and the new generation. In my household, we sit and have dinner and we have a conversation about what's going on. The kids are allowed to have an opinion, but okay, you're only going to take that, but so far, because you've learned to respect your elders. Yeah, absolutely. And and that respect has to be, it has to be taught. It's a skill to that. Um, when the kids are growing up, you can't just wait until they're, you know, 10 or seven. It, it has to be taught, you know, when they're early very on. young, early on. That's right. Because, you know, it's children out here. You know, I see some teenagers out here that when an elderly person, they're walking down the street, they step to the side or they ask and they help them with their bag. Yeah. But there are some that they expect the older person to step to the side and I'm like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. What? Are they raised by wolves? Like, what happened? Or, you know, they could have been taught the right way and they just choose to do differently. Yeah. Now, there there are some outliers. There are some, yeah. Just dare to be different for the wrong reasons. That's right. That is so true. They have outside influences, too. You know, they have other other kids who are not being raised the same way they're being raised under the same principles and values that they're being told upon. It's like, you know what? Well, my... My uh my friend here doesn't do that in his house, so I should not have to do that. So they easily right. influence in that way, and so it unfortunately it trickles down to that. But one thing specifically I want to also talk about too is that when it comes to the in house specifically, you have the mother, the father, the children, right? So uh, a lot of times I, I get flack for you know labeling people in places and and knowing their place and knowing their positions within the family. And, but without understanding what exactly what I mean based on context. So I always have to break this down. So obviously a mother has a place, father has a place, the children have places too. When one person steps out of place, that gives the other people the opportunity to have to step in that place along with stepping in their own place. So if there's no father in the home, the mother has to step one foot in the father's position and the other foot to remain in her own position which leaves the, the, the children to have to step in a adult uh, position, one foot in and then one foot out as a child too, which basically strips them of the innocence of just being a mere child. And they're, they're, they're having to grow up too fast and have given too many responsibilities entirely too quickly in their lives when they should just be living carefree. The only priority they should have is their education, nothing else. They shouldn't be given, uh, be put in positions to have to pay bills and have to help take care of the family or have to raise other siblings too. But a lot of that has been problematic within the black community. But mostly with most of the time people would say and agree that that's because of impoverished, the impoverished environments that we've grown up in over the years. And so for you specifically, what what would you say when it comes to the idea of knowing what everyone knowing what their place is in, within that black family? Like is there a particular place for a mother and, and the woman, the father and the, the husband and the children? Are there places when it comes to that? You know, I there are children should be children. Yes. And I'm saying a woman can be a woman. Um now when you say places. I'm a little thrown off by that. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So let, let me let me break it down. Like, so obviously, understanding the, the way things have been established, like the man, the woman, 
got together, they got married, had a family. So that family structure, obviously, it, it, was, it was within that dynamic, right? So not necessarily want to bring biblical terms in this, but you said, okay, my grandfather used to always say this, and my grandmother said, God, man, woman, child, right? So everyone understands what their roles are. I won't say place, I'll say roles. And that, that makes any, and that makes it better to say it that way, right? Because again, sometimes people do get thrown off when saying place, but when I say place, it's not even, in the sense of being. Even in the sense of role in this, in this day and time. In this day and time. Because yeah. we are, my husband and I, we are partners. Absolutely. That That's how, and you know, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, but we all, we all, we, we do play roles. Yes, you are absolutely yeah. correct. Absolutely. We, we all have our strong, our strong points yeah. um, as the adults in the relationships. Yeah. Children should be children. They should stay in their, in their, in their places as children. They should not step into the adult, um, exactly in, in adult situations, no matter if there are two adults in the home or not. Yeah. Because they are not equipped mentally nor physically yeah. um, to play the role of the adult. Uh, and nor should they be expected to. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to cover that because I haven't always had a man in the house with me. Yeah. So my husband and I, you know, we... I have things that I'm I'm good at in the relationship. Yeah. He has yeah. things that he's good at in the relationship. And, and, and where and, yeah. and, and we balance each other out. Where one Absolutely. may fall short, another picks the other up, and vice versa. Absolutely. That, that, and that's, that's how it should work. But yeah. in our relationships, unfortunately, it doesn't always work like that. One yeah. person, you know, sometimes always stays up and the other one stays down. Yeah. That, that's a very unhealthy relationship very. to be in, especially long-term, yes. because more yes. things are going to trickle down from that. Yes, and that's when sometimes those kids have to, uh, quote-unquote, man up, <laughs> and they step yep. into the adult role yep. because they are forced to, and then you have you, and you have two adults in the house, and, and then that creates the, a problem yeah. And you, because typically then you have somebody talking down to that other adult and that those children, they see that and that turns into their relationship and they're talking down or abusing someone else and so on and so forth. And that goes into that later on in life. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was describing when it comes to roles. It's something that you as a wife, you specialize in you, you, your areas of expertise. You're better at than your husband, vice mm -hmm. versa. Right? So, so it does balance it out, and that's the same way for me and my wife too. So I have a, a daughter and a son, and we we obviously certain things that I'm 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 better at than she is. Some things that she's better at than I am. But we help balance each other out and bring different perspectives to each other, so that that way we can say to ourselves and to each other, "Hey, you know what? I ain't thinking about it like that." But well, let me approach things that, that exact way. And see if I can get the same results that you've gotten because that seems to be working for you. And again, that helps create and sustain a healthy relationship within that black family, which is something that's not commonly being you know exposed or even just experienced for most children in our black community. So right. and, and I can say for me personally, 
only having just my mom for uh, the vast majority of my life, you know, my mom had uh, a boyfriend who she wasn't married to for many, many years, who was a stepfather to me, but not necessarily my father. My father didn't really know much about the guy until his, you know, uh, I knew more about him when he passed away than I did know about him in his life. He says a lot. I didn't even know this man had a middle name uh, but until his, until I got to the funeral. It's just, you know, and so there's a few things that I knew about him in, in, in times when I was when I was a child, being around him a, a few times, but it was never really a, a very healthy or organic relationship that we formed. So many, many, for many, many years, I had to find my way as a man to understand what, what my what my place is in this world, what my role is when that when that time comes to become a husband, to become a father. Still learning because I mean, I'm still I'm still young in, in in this type of in these type of roles at this very moment in time. So the understanding that my my existence here is very much so essential to the growth and development of my children and to the healthy dynamic that my wife and I share when it, when it comes down to being a, that, that first example to our children. And that's the way it should be sustainably. But unfortunately for us, you know, in a black community, that hasn't been the case. And so for you as a relationship coach, what what is what is some of your advice when you give to let's say new uh, new couples, whether they are just you know significant others, whether they just newly uh, recently got married, what what are some of those tips and advices that you give them when it comes to providing some insight on how a healthy dynamic of a family looks like? Well, first, everyone needs to, when you're dating and you're deciding, hey, we're going to be together, you yeah. know, find what each each one of you is strongest at. Like, I know that I was strongest at, um, I can't say accounting, but the bill paying. Okay. I'm a, I'm a great saver. Um, I have a strategic plan of how I pay the bills. Like, I pay bills in advance sometimes. Yeah. That's my thing. I'm never late on anything. If I am, something has completely gone awry. But like I've never in my life been late on a car payment, never been late on mortgage, rent, or anything like that. So yeah. I took over that aspect of us for us paying the bills. Um, and he takes over other household things. If something mechanical breaks, um, he's responsible for those type of things. Now, if we need to purchase, like we just purchased a new AC unit. So we looked at the best options between the both of us, but he made the ultimate decision of what yeah. we were going to do. So you have to know who is better suited for what. Absolutely. And then that's their responsibility or and then you can come together at whatever it is at whatever point, but the communication has to be there also. So you can't have somebody that's just a renegade, you know, doing whatever. Um, especially, I'm going to tell you something that's very important. In my first marriage, I did everything everything. <laughs> like I made all the decisions where we were going to go on vacation, almost like what we were going to eat. I paid the bills and everything. He brought home his check. Yeah. I worked still, uh, but I was working, you know, two jobs at one time. And, you know, he was indecisive about, you know, whatever, what else he was going to do to have another income coming in. But 
me making all the decision, I was like burnt out. Absolutely. It was like raising another child. Yeah. And we couldn't, you know, he didn't want to sit down and talk about anything. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. So having someone now that I can, we can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came into this, I was like, oh my God, I don't want to make a decision on anything. You just, wherever you want to take me for dinner is fine. Wherever you want to go on vacation is fine. Yeah, and most of the time, she do offense, but most of the time, the indecisive person is usually the wife, right? She's, I don't know, I don't, I don't which one is well, uh, I don't know. I'm really having to face with things. As soon as you mentioned something, it's like, no, I don't want that. But you just said you didn't know what you wanted. Now you're saying you don't want that, though. But, I, you know, I'm I'm easy to please considering my first marriage because I made all the decisions. I, I felt like I was the man in the relationship doing everything. And I was just so burnt out of that. Like, I just couldn't do it any, anymore. Yeah. And now having someone that we can talk about very important decision-making things, even down to, you know, the kids and, you know, who's going to do what and go where and things like that. It's very, very important that you have someone even to bounce ideas of career and everything off of. It's extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you, you, you would understand, though, that that motivation comes from just merely communicating with yourself, right? So you, you, you would never know what you're inspired to do until you have that open dialogue with your spouse about, okay, well, what is it that you want to do? What, what, what do you enjoy doing versus what you actually are very good at? And so, so okay, well, I have this idea. Let, let's collaborate and brainstorm and put this thing together to see how you can you know, bring this thing into fruition. But that comes to the mere fact of just really communicating. And communication, oftentimes, we, we do, you oftentimes do have that, that imbalance when it comes to the Black families, where one person is over communicating and the other person is under. You know, it's That's just like true. that person don't want to communicate much at all because he's not much of a talker or she's not much right. of a talker versus the other person is very talkative. And it's like, okay, well, somebody at some point in time got to meet each other at that median point to where it balanced things out. Otherwise, it's going to be so many things unsaid that should have been said years ago, and so many things that shouldn't have been said uh, being said right then in the forefront. So, again, that 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 imbalance has to happen. It's going to take those two. And so, you personally, the fact that you you witnessed that in your first marriage, where you did everything and it drained you, right? So that communication oh piece was that was the first thing. That's one of the things. I'm taking from from just your conversation now that communication will be one of those top priorities when it comes to a healthy and sustainable relationship and, and just the dynamic in general when it comes to the family as well, because you have to also communicate with the children and, and reciprocate the communication too with them. So they have to be the ones talking at times and you have to be the ones listening and vice versa. But when it comes to, now, now that you mentioned the communication piece, I want to get to the nurturing. That's another very essential thing when it comes to a healthy dynamic within the black family. In your personal experience as a relationship coach, how has it been when it comes to it being one-sided with one person being a loving and nurturing person versus the other person kind of being shut down, shut away, and just oh, I show my love through action. And I don't have to tell you I love you back then. That happens too often in the black community too. So in your experience, what what, what has that been like? You know, that that can be a difficult piece 
Um, that comes from really knowing your mate. And the only way you're gonna know your mate is one, either through communication or two, therapy. And it's, it's more than knowing their love language. It's like really truly knowing your mate and knowing what they've been through, knowing their past, knowing their triggers. Um, you really deeply have to know them. So one person's love language could be touch. And that's fine that your mate likes touch. And you could, you, you may not be the touchy-feely type. Yeah. So that then you, you, you're not able to give your mate what they want or what they need. Mm-hmm. But your love language may be giving in uh, something else. So it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing. It it really is because you're not doing, you're not giving what that person needs, but you're showing your love and affection in a whole nother way. Absolutely. And I do feel like we sometimes ignore the, the early signs when first establishing that relationship with that person, right? So everyone has a tolerance level. I've always, I've, the older I get, the more I realize that, you know, in relationships, there's, there are a level of things that you can tolerate and some things you just, that's just deal breakers. Like off the back, I can't tolerate this because of, and it could be, it could be circumstantial based on the things that you experience in your life as an individual, as a child, with your own parents or even in other previous relationships too. It's like, you know what? That relationship taught me this lesson and I'm not going to accept anything less than this coming to this, to a new relationship, right? So, but for, for that nurturing piece to be so integral, so important that too often we ignore that thinking, we're going to the relationship, I'm going to change this person. I'm going to give this person this, this version of me to make them want to, to basically bend to my will, so to speak. When in all actuality, what you're doing is you're compromising yourself by trying to change this person when if that person doesn't have it in them to change that particular aspect of them, then you just pretty much, you're, you're beating a dead horse. Now now it's, now you can't really fault that person for not changing when you were trying to push the initiative to change them in that area versus just merely uh, you know, stating early on, hey, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. And then being up front and that person being up front with you as well. And then you take it from there on whether or not you want to, you know, move forward in that relationship or whether or not it's just something that's going to be short term. But too many signs, in a, in a, especially in a black family, in a black relationship aspect, we, we ignore too many things thinking we can come in, come in and change people. What, what has that been like for you as well as a relationship coach, just speaking to people on, on average when they, when they have that mindset? You know, or have you experienced people with that mindset? A lot of us, it's, a lot of people just want to be in a relationship and they ignore a, a lot of the signs um, going in because they just want to be, they just want to be, they just want to be. <laughs> the the <laughs> idea of a relationship. The idea of a relationship. you're actually with. Yeah. And, and no matter whether you're you're dating and it's dating seriously or no matter if you're married, the relationship or a good relationship is a lot of work. 
and yes. it's very hard work to maintain um, to keep that person you know happy um, to keep yourself happy um, because you have to be happy as well Absolutely. and you know there in every relationship there comes a time when you when you're like mm, you know I'm not sure but I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. you, you, you know? you're sure about being unsure that, that's yeah, what yeah. yeah um but you know you you want to make it work um but if you don't have that open line of communication um and if you're not happy also within yourself you have to you have to be good with yourself. Absolutely. You know, like I said, if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. That's facts. Um, it's it's just it's just a, it's a lot of work. It, it, it is, <laughs> and, you know, and, and and part of the reason that <laughs> I, and I've always said this. No, it, you're absolutely right about that. But it's I've always said too, we we as individuals oftentimes make simple things complicated. We we like, do. And it's, it's, it's based on our own selfish faults too, right? So it's like, we know what we want. We want things to go our way all the time versus being able to come to a compromising state with the other person saying, okay, I'm willing to meet you here if you're willing to meet me there. So but it, that, that's what it comes down to. The relationships is about compromising. It's about understanding each other's sides from all different facets of that relationship. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're basically saying to that other person, well, no matter how you feel about this, I'm going to be this way or do this. And it's like, okay, you're not taking into account what that person's thoughts and feelings are about that. And that that causes bigger issues too. But now I want to transition to this particular aspect about the relationship. So I'm I'm very controversial in this particular in this particular aspect when it comes to this. So I've been on record saying that. We as individuals, whenever we find a mate, someone to be with, right? I feel as if though, we we take being a parent too lightly or who we mate with entirely too lightly. That, that's very important. If you're not willing to say to yourself, having my child is not a privilege. It's, well, I'm sorry, it is, it is a privilege, it's not a right. No one's entitled to have my child, right? So. If I don't love you enough to be with you, why would I want to bless you with having a child? And too often times we see, especially in modern day time in our black communities, more people more times than not would rather be parents than than spouses. It's like, okay, well, shouldn't the two things work interchangeably together, or or am I missing something? Nicole, here, help me understand. So, should being a mother and a wife go hand in hand? just like being a husband and a father. They, they should. I, I, I completely agree with you. They definitely should go together. But in this society, they're definitely not. Yeah, um, yeah. It's much easier to have the child and go about your merry way and just co-parent. Um, how was that working out? And, 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 and I'll tell working? you, that is not working out at all. 
And I'll, I'll tell you, I am in the middle of a movie <laughs> from hell <laughs> with my, my son and um, the mother of his child. It is the movie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you know, I couldn't even imagine them getting married. That would be, oh, that would be times two. Part two, that would be a horror movie. Yeah, the, the, um, the sequel is generally always the best or the worst, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So you know, i I don't under I don't understand. Um, yeah, I I don't understand if if some people are purposely well, maybe I don't. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, I'll tell you my my first child. Um, I did not marry the father. We were dating. Yes, we were seriously dating. And I did not know that I was pregnant until I was almost four months. Um, and I had to go the same day to get the sonogram because I didn't believe the doctor when he told me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, it was like that. So um, it was not planned at all. Um, it was just a fluke. Yeah. So it was one of those type of situations. We tried to make it work and it just, it just didn't, it was better for us to be apart. Yeah. And you know, sometimes, I mean, and that's fair, right? Sometimes things just don't work out and, and it's right. okay. But as the adults, you want to respectfully, you want to be able to get to that respect level where, okay, we can respectfully agree to co-parent, take care mm -hmm. of our child, prioritize him or her for them as the number one priority in this particular situation that obviously came about through our interaction with each other. But us being together just didn't work out. But you see it more times than not, though, in situations yes. where people are purposely yes. going out, just going out just to want to mate, just mm -hmm. going out just purposely with the intent to just, ah, I just want to have a child and, and they can go on about their business. But but without understanding how that, how that trickles down and affects the child. But you right. see that I feel like people who make selfish decisions like that don't take into account what the effects will be on that child where you're purposely out to try to be a single parent versus having that healthy relationship established between that 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 mother and that father to where they understand each other and they help the child understand them as well that that has to be more we have to make that much more normalized than the idea of just okay I'm just going to have a child or have a bunch of kids by a bunch of men or by a bunch of women and then one, not be able to take care of all of them. Because when you're having a child, you have to understand what comes along with that. All the responsibilities of keeping up with that child, with the child's uh, other side of the child's family, mm -hmm. keeping up with your own side of the family, keeping up with you know, who they're always around on an everyday basis, things like that. And the more children that you have, the less of yourself you're able to give them. And it's, yes, it's, and it's so it's, true. This, this, this unconscious decision that you're making without impulse to just have a multitude of children around scattered all over the place, we have to stop normalizing that. Because so that's not healthy. I, I agree with that. Um, so the issue that I have is, like, as you said, is them just having the children and not having any type of relationship with 
the father or the mother or whomever. Um, so the child doesn't know who the father, who the father is or the other parent. Um, but then if you're having child by, you know, so many people and if you yourself or you and the father can't fund or take care of the child and then you're expecting the state to take care of the child. It's fine that you have the child and you're, and you're taking care of the child. So if you choose to have the child, you should be able to, to take care of the child. Don't expect for the state. So don't collect the check from the state and expect everyone around you to take care of your child. You have the child, you go to work, you take care of the child. That's how it should be. Because back in the day, that's how it happened. When nobody collected no state check and things like that, you got up, you worked, somebody worked in the house, two jobs, three jobs, and they took care of the children. Don't keep having all these kids and you can't take, you can't yep. take care of it. Yep. That, that, again, that's, that's bringing them into an already struggled situation, right? So. Given the, the situations that have recently happened with Roe versus Wade being overturned, obviously women being given the right to choose, and it's been that way for 50, about 50 years now, and now they overturn that, now you're sitting up here taking away their rights and, and giving the states the rights to make those decisions for you. I, I've always been on the side of, okay, I'm pro-circumstances. When you yourself are in a struggling situation and you don't have the means, you don't have the emotions, you don't have the, the mental capacity to take care of a child, bring a child into this world. Right now ain't the time to be having a child right now. It's not. And so to still intentionally be selfish in that way and have them anyway, bringing them to, into an already struggling situation without any foundation, any support system in place, that's very selfish because now you're bringing a child into the world, into a struggling world where they're gonna already resent you growing up because of, because of their upbringing because of what you haven't been able to provide for them. And it's already been put in place that you're not gonna be able to provide this for them because you haven't even provided this for yourself yet. So th those type of things obviously play a big part and when it comes to the healthy dynamic of the family too. So one thing I also wanna want to also ask you about, so there was recently, there was this. So before you go on to that, so yeah. from, in my opinion with the Roe versus Wade, yeah. Every, they should mind their damn business. Mind their business. Because it be a man you, no one should be able to tell a woman or anyone what they can do or what they can't do with their Absolutely. body. Because what this is going to create is a whole bunch of mental health situations. You're going to have that that's those scenarios from back in the day with these women with the, you know, I'm not even going to put it out there what they're going to do. But it's going to be bad because if someone does not want something, they're going to find a way to get rid of it. And, and it's just going to be detrimental for the individual. And if they do have it, then you're going to have a whole lot more mental health situations because they're going to resent the child. They're going to leave them on the doorsteps. They're going to put them in dumpsters. The same stuff that's going on now, and is and no one is going to suffer more than the child. 
Again, it's a domino effect to everything, right? So we have to operate with this assumption that we know we're going to be disproportionately affected by every single thing that happens in this country, in this world, right? So it's those types of things have to be taken into account. And so, which leads me to my question about this. So this this video went viral uh, of this woman um, basically trying to put her her child's father on blast, which it, it turned out to be. Um, I, I guess it turned out to be a prank, or it turned out to be a, a somewhat of a, some some type of parody, if you will, where man came and brought his his child food to eat, while she had three other children by three other men, and she was basically make forcing him to be obligated to buy the other children some food when he was just merely taking care of his responsibilities for his one child. Versus her, you know, pressing the other men who who are fathers of, to the other children to do the same thing, but it's so many layers to that onion they have to get peeled back, right? So one of those right. things is, for well, one, I, I personally as a man, as a father, I don't feel like he should be obligated to actually do that. But if he does it out of the, out of the kindness of his heart, then that, that's a good man. I commend him for doing that because not right. every man is going to do that. But unfortunately for us as black people. Now, and, and recent study has shown this, that we, our race is more known for taking care of other men's children than any other race in this country. That's very, very daunting right. and unfortunate for us. But with that being said, seeing this situation unfold, whether it was true or not, but understanding that, that this is indeed a reality for us in our black community more times mm -hmm. than not. The fact that he decided to only buy one child which was his biologically food, mm -hmm. and the other ones didn't get to eat the same exact thing or at all at the time, which was rather unfair because now these children in general, whether it's his or not, they're all being affected and impacted by these adult decisions, which is gonna obviously make them resent the adults as well as their other siblings. So it's like, man, when your father did this for you and my father didn't do nothing for me because I ain't seen mine. So it's like, okay, it's one thing that you're together and you buy children, you buy food for all the children, rightfully so. But if you're not together, I can understand where he's coming from with only wanting to provide for just his child. Right. But as a decent man that I am, I'll buy food for all the children, whether I'm with the mother or not. But I understand his premise as to why he wants to disprioritize just his child and, and, and only his child at any given moment in time. I haven't said that. How many times have you seen these type of situations happen when, 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 when there are other kids but other fathers and this mother is trying to make this one father of this one child be the respond, sole responsible person for all the other children? How unhealthy is that? So let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go even deeper than that. So that was, I Please think, do. so my, I, I think my husband showed me that video. Somebody showed me that video. Yeah. And I, you know, I was like, wow. But so let me go 10 times more than that. Right. Some, so someone has a, they have two or three kids. But they had three or four. No. So someone else has, someone else I know, has three children. Okay. One of the fathers put the child in a private school. The other two children are in public school. Mm. <laughs> so one is getting great education. Yep. The other two are not. 
So that goes far beyond eating. You see? So this goes back to when I chose to have, when I was married, my ex-husband begged me to have a, a, a child. And I was like, mm, I don't know, because he wasn't very responsible. Because I said that I took care of everything. There you go. I said, okay. I said it. He didn't put a gun to my head. Yeah. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll have your child. Mm -hmm. We were married when he was born. I did it. When we divorced or when we got separated, when he left, I had to, quote, unquote, man up. This is my responsibility now. Come hella high water, I have to provide if he does not. As a woman, as his mother, he is my responsibility. So if I had had 10 more kids, they are my responsibility. So if I had to get 10, 20 jobs to make sure that each one of my kids has shoes on their feet to match the other ones, mm -hmm. that's what I needed to do. Absolutely. My first son's father provided shoes, clothes, everything for my oldest son. I had to make sure that my youngest son didn't feel less than because his father didn't do shit. So I had to make sure that he didn't go without. Absolutely. That's that mother's responsibility. Because then if, if no one put a gun to her head, you need to step up to the plate and you need to find the means to make sure that your kids, if they're living with you, if that means you got to take somebody to court to get that child support, yep. if that means that you got to work another job, if that means that you need to move in a roommate, if that means that you, you need to run out your car, whatever that means to make sure that your kids don't feel a certain type of way about the other one, that's what I, I feel that you need to do because there will be some sort of resentment against them kids, at least one of them. Yeah. And you don't want to divide between your kids. Absolutely. And it should never be that way because right. if one child is doing better than the other children, if you all are growing up in the same household, right. yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be more than just resentment. It's going to be a lot of fights. You have to break up a lot of arguments and, and, and then that, then that friction grows as they get older. Now it's mm -hmm. like, I can't wait to leave the house and I'm gone now. And now you're gone. Now you're not even talking to each other anymore. So those things stem from when you were growing up and it's yeah. like the parents don't understand the magnitude of which they, the, the role they played in, in, in that particular friction happening in the beginning. So it's like you didn't step in to make sure that these different things didn't happen around them to where they would live in the same healthy lifestyle, same dynamic within that Black family. That, that has to be spoken up for much more times than not. And it's not being. And so, and, and when I saw that video, it was just, it was alarming to me, <clears throat> one, that I'm thinking to myself, hey, why won't this woman 
first off, <clears throat> why don't you have money to right. take care of these children, or to feed the children at the very least, at that very moment in time? Why didn't you, what were you not doing to, to pre-plan for situations like this? Even, and she said something about not having us food stamps or something like that. So, okay, th this is another poverty mindset that we're having. We live in off impulse, living on survival tactics alone. We're just trying to make it to the next day rather than making it to the next year and years after, right? We're not thinking long-term, we're thinking short-term. How are we just gonna survive today? The fact that she didn't even have money in place to even have for each of them to eat equally to begin with even before reaching out to that one father. That's one thing. Two, why are you not reaching out to the other fathers? You, you, you forget that they that they have been fathered by other men? That's right, you gotta hold so them accountable. they don't have responsibility? You gotta hold them accountable. Accountability, this is something that my wife and I oftentimes touch on. We have these conversations. She told me that in the black community, we lack compassion. I say, no, we lack accountability. Mm -hmm. It's to be held accountable for things that we know to be true or false, or know to be right or wrong. And we don't want to man, we, in your words, we don't want to man up and own up to those things that we are responsible right. for, which again, trickles down and it, it, it makes a bad situation even worse. Right. And it keeps growing and it keeps getting passed down from generations on in. And we're wondering, well, where the hell did this even start? Now you forgot where you first dropped the ball. Ball has been dropped too many times. And we have to maintain that responsibility that was where everyone understands what their roles are and, and be able to hold themselves accountable as well as hold each other accountable in order to sustain a healthy lifestyle and a healthy relationship within the black family. That, that has to be the case. So seeing that video, for me, I was just, I was taking right, back I don't know, she felt like you know, I don't know if, if she put it out there or who put it out there. But well, well, she put it out there and then she then she rebuttaled and said that everybody's making me out to be the bad person when when we when we were together, he was doing this and that for the kids, and now we ain't together no more. He's not. It's like, well, maybe he he at the time maybe he couldn't afford to buy the other kids food, right? Obviously, food don't cost that damn much to sit up here and just buy one pizza for all the kids to eat. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, he shouldn't feel obligated to have to right. do that. Right. He should be able to just be given the choice of doing it out of, out of the goodness of his heart. He right. shouldn't exactly. be forced to do that. Right. And, and, and nor should she expect him to do that. And if you expect it out of him, you better be expecting that out of everybody else, too. Out of the other, out of the other fathers that you father children with. You better be expecting that out of them too. Don't expect that out of one and not the other three. That's not fair. Right. But, and then, if, and then the first the thing that came to mind was, was, yeah. If the kids living with her, she need to be feeding them. Exactly. The first and, thing that came to mind when I saw that video, I was like, see, this is why picking and choosing the right mate to have a child with is more critical than anything. We, we take it too lightly. We sit here and just, Again, and this is not everybody's situation, and I understand that, but the vast majority in our Black community, we have to be real about this. We're, we're just, we're too freely when it comes, we're thinking too freely and, and too irresponsibly when it comes to just out here just having sex for procreational purposes. Now it's like, now you're not even having protected sex. You're, you're out here being irresponsible with it, knowing you're gonna get pregnant. Now you, now you got another child, you already had, Two other children. Well, yeah, you already saw that you couldn't take care of one child. What made you think that the, the situation was going to change after having another child? You thought it was going to change for the better? 
it just made a difficult situation damn near impossible for you now. See, we got to take these things into account. And I, a lot of times on social media, I get scolded for saying that. It's like, well, I don't have to be somebody's wife and be somebody's mother, and, and I shouldn't have to. You know, marriage is a piece of paper. Okay, all right, you feel that way. But why won't you feel such a way that you understand the importance of being a parent? First and foremost, I'm on the fence and saying, everybody ain't meant to be a damn parent. Let's be real about that. Right. Everybody ain't got the mental capacity, don't have the emotional capacity. Everybody don't have the financial stability to be able to do these things. And sometimes in life, it ain't just about having a ch the child at all. It's about the time in which you do it. Right now may not be the best time for you to be doing this. We so have true. to be able to, to be real with ourselves and be real with each other, right? So some of these things that happen in our Black communities are self-inflicted. And that, that's when that accounting, uh, accountability piece has to come to play. It has to. So switching to um, more specifically the blended family thing, which is what you specialize in. I want to ask you this question. Because we touched a little bit on it when it comes to taking care of other people's children, right? So too oftentimes we see where, you know, a man and woman get together, have a child, and then that, the, the, that man and woman break up. We're not together anymore. Now another man or another woman comes into play. And now, so that, that's a blended family now. So now that man or that woman has a child by somebody else, but they're currently with another person. The other person may or may not have their own child as well with somebody else. But if they don't, then they're being asked to be somewhat of a stepmom or stepdad. How does that dynamic, how, how does that work? And, and, and to your, to your, within your experience and, and your perspective, how does that dynamic work when it comes to that blended family structure? You know, sometimes it can go good. Sometimes it can go bad. It really all depends on, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on the age of the kids. Yeah. It, it depends on your, your previous relationships. Um, whether it be, you know, your marriage or your, your previous dating relationship, um, it, it, it really depends on a lot of that. If you have a toxic um, relationship previously, then expect for some of that to definitely spill over into your, you know, your new marriage um, and carry some baggage and definitely interfere with some things. And you have to be prepared. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I did an episode on masculine and feminine toxicity that exists in the Black community. Yeah. Uh, we touched on that. Uh, one of my previous guests, um, she, was, she was speaking just nothing but facts when it came to a Black woman's perspective on how to hold Black women accountable. I won't even touch on that. But I'll, I'll let you check that episode out. <laughs> Tell me what you think about that, because the things that she was saying... I know as a black man, I, I couldn't get away with saying because I'll get scolded, I get cremated, I get canceled for it. But because she's a black woman speaking on behalf of black women, I say, speak your truth, Wayne. Speak your truth. But to to say that 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 blended family aspect, it, it is a very difficult situation to have to come into, right? So your point is multifaceted. A lot of these issues that we deal with is multifaceted. There's no one issue to that problem, right? 
It's like, okay, depending on the age of the, the child, depending on where in life the, the, the two adults are, um, being able to, whoever that, that, that child's mother or father is, they have to be the one that establishes that respect and boundary level with that other, with that significant other who's coming into play. Now that, now that, 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 that mother and that child were, you know, were, were together in a previous relationship and now they're in a new one, or whether that, that father and that child was in a previous relationship and now they're in a new one. So now it has to be, okay, I'm going to allow this person to come into my, my personal space, meet my child. They, they obviously love and care about me. So they, what, and they have to love and care about what comes with me, right? So with that in mind, that established respect level has to be, that has to be established and, and created from the jump. And if it's not, obviously things happen, you know, thereafter where there's some disagreements, there's some, you know, discrepancies here and there, but it has to be addressed in, in a more respectful way. Otherwise it's gonna continuously be a situation where that mother or that father is is in cahoots with the significant other because the, the child don't don't like it or, or disagrees with something that the other person is doing or not doing. And it's like, okay, now this triangle, if you will, it it's now going to become just just a line. If this one, if this one particular person don't understand that, okay, I have to respect what comes with you and love you also along with them. And if I don't, then I don't need to be in this in, in this situation at all because too often times, like I said, we're we're putting situations in the black community to have to raise other people's children, whether we have children of our own or not. But if we have children of our own, that should give us a leg up on how to address certain issues with other people's children because we know how to address things with our own. But it's establishing that respect level with that adult and saying, okay, we're gonna we have to hold ourselves accountable first. These kids are only going to do what we do or say what we say. If they don't, if we're not showing, if not being the examples for them. How can we even possibly say we examples them at all as parents? And you so know, you, yeah. I, I want to break this down as simple as possible. What I see, and you know, I'm going to use some some of my own experience. Yeah. That you know, I'm really tired of seeing this in the, and I'm sure it goes on in other communities, but I'm gonna speak about it in the black community because this is what I see and what I work with the most. And it happened to me is you have a couple that breaks up, then you have, and this breakup is has been going on for God knows how long. So the couple has been unhappy. The relationship has been toxic for years. Yeah. Okay, so the shit was over a long time ago. Okay, yeah. both of them knew that the relationship was over a long time ago. Okay, so both male and female have been done, probably seeing other people in most cases. So it's overdone, cahoots, all of that stuff. Okay, so it's finally over. Divorce comes, all right? They go their separate ways, seeing other people. And then they both, or one, finds someone else, gets married, okay? And now their kids are with this new, let's use the woman. They're with a new woman. So their ex-husband is now with a new woman. Now, this ex-wife, is crying the blues now. Now the shit been over 
for God knows how long, but she's crying the blues to her kids. Yeah. Okay. So why in God's name are you crying to a kid? Why are you complaining to a child? Yeah. Go get your girlfriend. Go get your aunt, Judy. Go get your mama and complain to them. Yeah. Don't do it to your child. Don't tell your child all your business about the daddy. Yeah. Stop doing that. Stop doing that because now your child has to take sides. It's okay that your feelings hurt. You have feelings too. Understood. Absolutely. But don't pull the middle person in, which is that child. They don't deserve that because you you want them to pick a side. Now, how immature, how disrespectful is that stop it because now you've created a wedge in a relationship and that's probably what you want anyway when you're trying to hurt the new wife well you ain't hurting her you you hurting your child because you creating something inside that this child has to now dislike daddy because now mommy's crying and have to dislike the his, his new wife now. Yeah, who but, ain't but done no nothing. At all. Has done nothing to the child, nothing at all. Yeah. So now it's all this toxicity going on in this child's head because you didn't created it because you hurt for what? The relationship was over a long time ago. Yeah. What you mad because you ain't getting no bags no more? Your rent paid? What? What is it? What is the problem? Yeah. You knew it was gone. When yep. he wasn't coming home or he wasn't doing whatever, y'all wasn't going to the movies or whatever, or when you were seeing whomever, like what? Like my problem is don't bring your child in it. Absolutely. That is my problem. Yeah. Don't include your children. Go talk to somebody else, get a therapist. Because you are hurting these kids very, very badly. Yeah, basically, you hit the you hit the nail on the head when you said that it's contaminating the child's mind into thinking that okay, my dad is this person. He's not. He's not all I thought he was. Versus what he has been to you is different from what he has been to your mom. Right. And, and and your mother has no right, or even the father in some cases too, you have no right to contaminate that yeah, child's mind. Yeah, if it's happening the other way around, don't do that, parents. Stop doing that. Stop involving your kids in grown up yeah. stuff. It's a very unhealthy. It's a very unhealthy trait and behavior. Uh, and it's going behavior. on all the time. It happened to me. It's going on all the time. It happened to me as well as a child. And obviously, seeing the things that my mom spoke about when it came to my father. I saw the things she was saying. Some of the things was, was way over my head at the time. It was like, I didn't fully understand. As a child, I'm not supposed to be understanding all of this shit right now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a kid, but yet I'm being forced to be put in adult situations that it has something to do with me, but it's nothing that I can do about it because I'm a, I'm, I'm a child, I'm not an adult. I'm not the adult making the adult decisions. And too many times we ask our kids to make adult decisions, which is 
creating such an unhealthy, uh, unhealthy trait when it comes to that black family structure. It's children need to know that they are children. They are not to be put in adult situations by taking care of bills, uh, raising other siblings. Uh, you can help out with your other That's siblings, right. obviously if you're the oldest one, but you're not you're not that sibling's parent. That's you, right. You can't do and that. And we've had it happen to me. They shouldn't be constantly expected to watch their sibling. When I went to grad school, yeah. I sent my my youngest son to my mother because it's not, it wasn't my oldest and they had six years difference. It wasn't his responsibility to, to watch him. Absolutely. While I was in school. It, it was just too, too big of a responsibility. Too big he, of a He's still a kid. I'm yep. not gonna make him an adult. Yeah. And I understand some people don't have that and that's understood. But if you have someone, don't put that on your, that burden on your children. Yeah. I mean, again, you. I, I'm not. I'm not one to believe that no one has that at all. Because you have other family members, you have close friends, you have people to reach out to in 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 church and things like that. So establishing those relationships with people is very attention to how it's very important how and our community is going to continuously grow for the better. It has to be. And, and another thing is that you know I know it's a lot of single parents because I like I said I was one of them. Another thing I, I never did, and this is something my mother um, also never did because she was a single parent. She never talked bad about my father to me. I never talked bad about my ex-husband to my son. I figured the shit that he wasn't doing that he said he was going to do, my son would eventually see who he is. Fear. Now, once he's coming, you can ask and questions about it. Then, then you can obviously kind of, kind of gradually, basically, gradually give him that information, and that's fine. But, you, but you got to meet your child where they're at mentally that's, when it comes he, to dispersing that type of information, that type of reality to them. You can't just, just pounce all this information and shit on them early on. It's like, whoa. I, I wouldn't. I didn't. Call I didn't call him the deadbeat dad. Yeah, I didn't yeah. call him the no good nigga. <laughs> I yeah, didn't do yeah. any of that stuff. And I didn't do any of that stuff in front of him. If I called, talked about him, I made sure that he was nowhere around, nowhere in earshot of me or right. anything. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I can't wait for the day that he sees him for who he is. He ain't shit. Yeah, exactly. I just can't wait for it. Now he is 20, he'll be 21 on, he saw it probably when he was like 16. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I didn't have to say like, a word. Exactly. See, Not that's one the word. thing. Let the opportunity come. Because right. it's going to come. And it's unfortunate that it's going to come. But the reality yes. is when it does and they see it for themselves, mm -hmm. now they can come to you and say, yeah, he, he did that. He was like, Mom, he didn't show up again. He said he was going to do this. I said, really? Oh, man, I'm so I'm so sorry to hear that. And I was really sincere because I, I hated that he was disappointing him like that because that means that I had to, you know, really step up. And if I couldn't do something that I said I was going to do, I made sure that I communicated that. Absolutely. I made sure because the other parent was letting him down constantly. Yeah. You know what? The... the the top of all of this, so this topic specifically when it comes to, like I said, the healthy dynamic of 
the Black family and Black relationship. A lot of these issues are socioeconomic. A lot of them are, if not all of them are. It starts with that, right? So you don't have the means, you don't have the resources, you don't have the funds, you're not making enough money to do these things. A lot of these issues are, are, are financially based. It's, and it's unfortunate that it is that way. So, but for those who actually do have the means, some people do have the means, just don't have the mental capacity or the emotional. They're not equipped with the emotional capacity to be able to nurture and love and, and, and be able to have those type of relationships with their kids and with their spouses and things of that nature. So most of those things happen too often where it's, it's just, it's a long period of time where that's not even being spoken of. So now more, more and more shit is piling on to this. And now someone's gasoline is about to blow. So now we, we, we've got to this place where, okay, someone is fed up. Someone has done something just crazy and outlandish because they, they have let this thing just pile up for so long without even addressing it. And then uh, not necessarily just addressing it, addressing it in a very healthy and organic way to where no one is blowing up and, and, and uh, you know, reacting irrationally and things like that. But too many irrational decisions get made by someone who's not thinking rationally. And, and that's when things like this come into focus. So uh, again, Nicole, I thank you so much for having this conversation with me about this. Uh, I look forward to many more of these conversations too, because it needs to be had and the awareness needs to be brought out that we have to start prioritizing and normalizing healthier relationships and healthier family structure within our Black community, because that's what's going to be essential to the growth and the, the development of our children and their children and moving forward. We have to be the change that we want to see in our Black community. And it starts with us at home. It starts at home. Those moral values have to be bestowed upon us and upon our children uh, thereafter. So that way, the blind is not leading the blind any damn more. We can't keep running to the same damn wall because I can't teach you something that I ain't been taught. And for us that haven't been taught it, but we're, we, we've sustained or even established a family of our own, you, we have to start prioritizing going to therapy to unpack these issues that we're dealing with internally. That, that, was, that happened to us at a younger age, right? So again, I, I'm always, on the, always talking about this and advocating about this on my show. When it comes to my millennial generation, one thing that I'm very proud of as a millennial is to see us unpacking and, and breaking those generational curses. We're seeing that the very things that we experience as kids, we're making sure we prioritize the fact that our kids will never experience the things that we experience in our lives, where having to go without meals, having to go with you know lights being off, having to go with you know shoes or just mm -hmm. just the necessities in general when it comes to being children and letting our children be children and maintaining that innocence of a child to where they're not having the care in the world. They don't have to worry about paying no bills because we grown ass people are taking care of this shit ourselves and rightfully so. And so seeing more of that, I'm very much a thrill and I'm always promoting and highlighting and acknowledging my millennial generation to see that because generation under us, I'm very concerned about. And I wanna make sure I'm leading my example with my own kids and being able to show them, okay, this is what a man looks like. This is what a man's supposed to take care of. This is what your mom looks like. This is what a woman's supposed to take care of. And this is how we balance each other out. This is how we bring that, that camaraderie, that, that partnership together and, and forming that healthy, organic relationship 
that you all can mimic and idolize and, and, and hopefully be able to, uh, you know, form yourselves when, when you are in positions to have a family of your own, right? So it's very essential, it's very important that we continuously push the, uh, the envelope to sustaining healthy relationships and dynamic in our Black community. And that also means reaching out more to our community leaders and com just community in general, because if we don't, we're going to keep having these situations happen where so many of our kids are getting lost into the streets, into the graves, into the prison systems. And we're losing too many of them. That's true. I've been on the fence always saying that Black people as a whole, we're fighting too many damn fights to go and we ain't winning one of them. I can't keep fighting myself, fighting you, and fighting the system too. That's too many fights. We right. have to center our attention on one specific fight and, and fight to the very end until that fight is won. Otherwise, we're going to continuously have to fight for something. Right. So, again, thank you so much for your time. Um, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are listening, uh, and those of you who just just listen to the episodes and aren't subscribed yet. Again, I'm urging you all to please subscribe to this podcast because we're talking about real lifetime, real time relationships, real time uh, uh, situations that we're dealing with in the Black community. And this is very important information that's being given out to those people who look just like us, who are, who, who are in the same positions in some cases than we are. And we're learning from each other by passing off very helpful and viable information to each other. So again, be sure to like, share, subscribe to my YouTube channel, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. You don't want to miss the information and, and the context and, and, and the content that's being dispersed on this show because this is truly for us. This, this is truly the podcast for the culture. Uh, again, Nicole, I'll be reaching out to you again soon to have you on the show again to talk more about in depth as it pertains to just specifically just relationships. As a relationship coach, I want to help understand how do hurt people who keep hurting people keep hurting people, if that makes any sense. Because I want to be able mm -hmm. to I want to be able to bridge that gap between the black man and black woman with realizing and understanding that black woman, black queen, I'm not your enemy. And black black man, I'm not your enemy. You're not my enemy. So I want to have you on uh, again on the show soon to talk about that. And uh, you know, just let me know what your schedule is like, and we'll definitely make that happen again. Okay, that sounds good. Right. Thank, you Thank you so much so for much. having me. Thank you. And we'll, we'll, be, we'll be talking Pleasure. again. Soon. If you like what you've heard from this week's episode and would like to hear more from previous episodes, be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to my YouTube channel below. You can also find me on social media platforms at speak to the mic underscore podcast show on Instagram and speak to the mic podcast show on Facebook. Be sure to also like, share, subscribe to my Spotify page at speak to the mic podcast show. As I put out more thought provoking content, your opinion and thoughts are needed and appreciated. I thank you all in advance for your support and look forward to hearing from you soon.